Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. If you've been to a Cedia Expo, chances are you know what a pro audio technology demo room sounds like and the kind of innovator owner Paul Hales is. Right around when COVID-19 hit, Hales launched Pro's sister brand, Theory Audio Design. CE Pro Senior Editor Bob Archer had a chance to chat with Hales about what's in store for both companies this year, as well as the impact of acoustical treatments and room design in this week's podcast episode. As always, be sure to subscribe to CE Pro's YouTube channel and hit that like button on our videos, or subscribe to the CE Pro podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Hi, I'm Bob Anger, Senior Editor of CE Pro Magazine, and today I am with Paul Hales of Pro Audio Technology. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Very good, thank you. It's uh, Friday, and um, looking forward to a nice weekend and talking some audio and loudspeakers with you. So, um, nice. awesome. Thank you for taking part in the podcast. Um, I'd like to get right into this. Now, it's it's early February 2022, and I'd like your opinion um, where you see the home audio market in 2022. Uh, do you see home theater growing um, as we enter this new year? I do, actually. Um, you know, one of the things that we don't really want to uh, benefit from other people's misfortune or whatever, but the pandemic has actually been good for us because it's uh, caused people to focus on uh, getting more of their entertainment in their home, right? They're spending more time inside. And so in 2020, in particular in 2021, uh, we enjoyed uh, pretty significant growth, actually. And one of the trends we're seeing is um, people are spending more money uh, than the last few years on their entertainment, uh, both in sort of distributed audio, but in the home theaters, uh, we're getting requests for more and more proposals for very large systems, you know, six figure kind of systems. So, and that's been pretty consistent for uh, sort of late Q3 and Q4 of last year. Uh, and it's continued into January. So yeah, we're excited about it. We're getting very, very large projects. We're getting projects that have 40 plus speakers in, in one room. So uh, the trend has been good for us and the systems are tending to get more exciting. So Awesome. I, I want to uh, ask you about kind of the other side of what's going on in the industry. And this isn't so fun or so prosperous, but uh, how if at all, is the supply chain and ship shortages affecting your business? Yeah, so we got hit hard uh, by all of it, right? Um, our other company, my other company, Theory, which manufactures in Asia, Pro is all manufactured in the U.S. Um, both companies got hit um, hard by uh, both the supply chain, particularly of digital circuitry, um, but also the shipping logistics, which has been challenging, right? So um, a lot of the consumers may not be aware, but um, in the fall of 2019, before the pandemic, um, AKM, which is a manufacturer of audio, uh, analog to digital converters and, and digital to analog converters, uh, they had a factory fire in Japan uh, and the factory burned down and it caused them to be unable to make uh, products. And so uh, Pro and Theory both had AKM converters in all the amplifiers. So in the fall of 2019, right before the pandemic, we had to quickly redesign uh, around that loss of the AKM part availability. And um, 
And then just a few months later in early 2020, as you know, the pandemic hit, uh, which caused the factories to close. And, uh, and so the part that we had identified as a, as a suitable replacement for AKM, all of a sudden had this one year lead time on it. And so, and then we've seen the other components that we buy uh, have these incredible lead times. And I'm not sure the consumer really appreciates how bad it is. Like to give you an example, uh, we ordered um, uh, 1,700 of the, the DSP chips that we use in the, in the electronics uh, in September of last year. And when I received the order confirmation back, uh, the manufacturer said the estimated delivery was August of 2023. Wow. So it was basically two years. Um, and that made no sense. And I thought it was a mistake. And so I reached out to a, a, a close contact I have within the company, uh, within, within the manufacturer of the, of the DSP chip and uh, said, how, you know, how could that be? You know, how are you guys two years behind? Because the world didn't shut down for two years you know, is that real? And he explained that it is in fact a real delivery date. And the reason why they're so backed up is prior to the pandemic, they were operating at very near full capacity. So a hundred percent manufacturing capacity. And, um, and this part, unfortunately, is heavily used in the automotive industry. So that has hurt us too, because the car companies tend to get preferential uh, treatment when it comes to supply. And, and so um, what happened is when the factories shut down, they shut down completely. And then when they finally reopened a few months later, six months later, they opened up at 25% capacity and then 50 and then 75. Some of them aren't even back to full output yet. And so that big trough of zero supply, because they were at full capacity prior and the demand after the shutdown is actually higher than prior, they can never fill in those months where they weren't shipping anything, right? And so this has led to this like really protracted, uh, it's kind of like gridlock, it's like traffic. Uh, every, everything's locked up, everything's behind. They're trying to ramp capacity, but they can't do it that quickly. And so it's been a huge challenge for us. And, um, and so we're constantly running around, getting creative, trying to find ways to find parts on the spot by market. And, uh, and finally, you, you know, we got the manufacturer to actually make a special concession for us and find us some parts because our, our requirements are so low in quantity compared to like a general motors or a, yeah. you, you know, a Mercedes or something that it's not hard for them to find uh, several hundred of them to hold us over for a few months. Right. Um, but then we were also hit by the logistics, the shipping logistics uh, problem that also resulted from, from the pandemic. So uh, Theory, for example, just began shipping product uh, in January of 2020, like a couple months before uh, we became aware of COVID. And, uh, and uh, at that time, I could get a 40-foot container from China uh, full of Theory products for around $4,000 to the, to the U.S. and into our warehouse. Uh, the last quote we got was $17,000. So uh, it's more than four times as expensive for the importation costs. And for the pro brand, um, while the the final assembly and the enclosures are made in the U.S., a lot of the components come from Europe. Uh, Most of them come from Italy and a a few parts from Germany. Same thing is happening on that end of the thing. 
end of the spectrum is, is while the supply out of uh, Europe has been a little bit better, the shipping has been challenging. So it used to take a month or so to get parts. Now it's taking closer to two months uh, and the prices are, you know, astronomical. So I think that's why we've seen inflation across the board, right? Um, the, you know, the, the, the kind of the silly barometer that I like to quote on the inflation or the price increases is, you know, the dollar store had to increase everything to $1.25, <laughs> right? So you go in there now and it's $1.25 for everything. And that's a 25% increase, right? Yeah. So it's not insignificant, but that's real. That's the reality we live in, unfortunately. Okay. I want to turn back to uh, a topic that's a little more fun. The, yeah. the the economy. Let's talk about the, the background of the product that you recent, recently released, the SR28212AI loudspeaker. Mm -hmm. um, this product incorporates a built-in sub. What was your design goal with the product and how does it support dealers in their designs? Yeah, so that, that product was actually inspired by a request we got from a, a very loyal longtime pro dealer um, and it was a, actually a, a different speaker that inspired the 28212. Um, the, this particular Southern California integrator was pulled into a, a mega yacht project. Um, the integrator for the mega yacht was really located in, I believe, Italy. Um, but they brought in this Southern California dealer because the, the theater on this $800 million boat um, was slated to be DCI um, or digital cinema, which is the system used in commercial cinema rooms, right? And um, when you deploy a DCI system in a residence or like on a yacht or somewhere outside of a commercial cinema um, and you want it to be Dolby Atmos, uh, you have to go through a certification process with Dolby. And uh, they had a depth restriction in this yacht, even at $800 million, I guess they had, you know, just space limitations. And one of the Dolby requirements for certifications at all is that all the speakers be aimed uh, at the reference listening position. And on the yacht, they only had four inches of depth and you have to build the speakers in and hide them. So there was no room to orient the speakers towards the listening chairs, right? And so, I uh, d designed a custom speaker, which was only four inches deep, uh, uh, very high output, very compact that had the angling or the aiming built in. So it could be mounted flush into the, uh, into the wall, but it would aim the sound as if you rotated the box. The waveguide was at an angle. So in front of the listening position and in the rear of the listening position, you use the angled version and to the side of the listening position, you use the straight version. And so what the 28212 is, is just a, a much larger version of that same thing. Um, and what, in, you know, what, what need, what integrator needs inspired it is, well, several things. It's, there's, it's solving some integrator problems and it's also solving that Dolby Atmos um, specifications. Uh, it's very creative in how it addresses those. So number one, you can get the 28212 with an angled waveguide or a straight ahead waveguide. So the same thing, it's only six inches deep. It's a very powerful speaker with two 12-inch subwoofers, two very high output 8-inch mid-range drivers, and a compression tweeter on a waveguide, uh, a brand new waveguide for us, actually. Uh, but it's only six inches deep. So that's a lot of horsepower and not a lot of depth uh, for the same reason. In residential uh, cinema rooms, even big, expensive, dedicated spaces, uh, depth, you know, floor space is always at a premium, right? 
So it packs a lot of horsepower into a, into a, a shallow depth and it, and it allows it to be mounted straight uh, into the wall, flat into the wall and, and aim the sound towards the seats. Uh, and then the built-in subwoofer uh, does two things. It allows the speaker to act as a very full range speaker for surrounds or uh, screen speaker applications. And then you can mix either bass managed bass from neighboring smaller speakers into the subwoofer section, or it could also have LFE mixed in as well. So in, in elaborate Atmos rooms, which I mentioned earlier, we're getting these 30 to 40 speaker rooms, the ceiling speakers tend to be the smallest and require the most assistance on the low end, right? They're small and they can't produce bass. Uh, and so you can redirect the bass from the, the neighboring Atmos channel into the 28-212 woofer section. So there's full mixing capabilities in our, in our loudspeaker controllers. And so, and you can also mix in LFE. So a surround speaker, a side channel or a rear channel, for example, when you're using the 28-212, it can act as the side channel, it can act as an LFE auxiliary subwoofer, and it can act as a bass management subwoofer for the neighboring smaller loudspeakers. Um, there's some other little things like you can invert the tweeter mid-range module and turn the whole speaker upside down, uh, putting the woofers up near the ceiling, which where is where Dolby wants to see them. So in DCI rooms, they want the surround subs to be up high where the Atmos speakers are. And so the, the way that the physical, uh, you know, it's configurable. So you can orient the, the things such that you put the woofer section up near the ceiling and then the tweeter in the mids can be down here where you want them near ear level. So it solves a whole bunch of problems and it's been a huge hit. It's been flying off the shelves ever since we introduced it. Well, that's great to hear. And that kind of provides me a somewhat of a segue into something that you were talking about a few minutes ago, and that's theory audio design. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, I recall this in February of 2020, right before everything, all hell kind of broke loose. Um, I flew out to California to see your facilities, and we spoke about theory audio uh, and your market goals. I want to know, how is Theory Audio doing since all of this has come about with the pandemic? And does the company and the brand still have plans to uh, develop products for the commercial market? Yeah, good question. So the company is doing very well, but it's going very slow. So the, the biggest impact of the, the pandemic on Theory has been um, it's just delayed everything, both uh, our ability to go out and do the sales and marketing of the product. Uh, you know, we weren't able to travel for a long time. We haven't been able to go to a trade show uh, since the, the launch of the, since we started shipping the production units in January of 2020. Um, you know, we had planned to go to CDL last year. And when the majority of the manufacturers pulled out of that show due to safety concerns, um, we elected to do the same thing. And so, so while the, the products themselves have been very well received, um, everything's been slowed. Uh, the, the schedule has been hit pretty hard and on the development side too. So products that we would normally have been able to get into production, say six, nine months ago, it's taken us a lot longer because it's taken us longer to get parts you know, everything, shipping, everything has, has delayed the schedule. So I would say the biggest impact is, is the timeline. Um, and the answer to the second question is we very much are uh, moving into commercial. 
And the plan originally was to kind of make the debut at Infocom of this year, but because of these supply chain challenges, we've elected to kind of roll it out softly, do kind of a soft launch into commercial in 2022, and we'll do a, a sort of a bigger splash at either ISE or Infocom in 2023. Um, but if you look at the website, you can see the products on there and the, for example, the ceiling speakers and the in-wall and the subwoofers, the architectural subwoofers, um, they all have features uh, with commercial installations in mind. So it, we're kind of targeting the small to medium kind of uh, commercial projects for um, you know, background foreground music. So bars, restaurants, uh, clubs, uh, houses of worship, um, convention centers, uh, that kind of thing and c corporate as well. So, so uh, huddle rooms and conference rooms and things like that. Okay. Which is a big part of today's world. Obviously we're speaking on one of those platforms today. That's right. As a, as a matter of fact, I, I could use those speakers right now as, as a matter of fact, you're coming out of a little <laughs> tiny speaker that big in my computer down here. <laughs> well, I'm sure if anyone can build it, you can. So oh, the next I'll time give we it talk, a shot. I expect, some big speakers in there and, and for it to look like the back line for ACDC or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I think one of the, the nice things about both of your brands, uh, pro audio technology and theory audio design is the fact that you stress uh, design and acoustics. Um, can you explain why um, that you stress for both brands the impact of acoustics, the placement of your speakers, and the design of your systems as being hand-in-hand -hand to ensure uh, premium performance. When you say acoustics, do you mean room acoustics? Room acoustics, exactly. Yeah. Well, so what we've learned over the last two or three decades is um, to get the best performance from an audio system, um, uh, you, the the best recipe is to uh, treat the acoustics of the room and to get those optimized in that domain, in the acoustic domain, and then buy the very best, most accurate loudspeakers you can and put those in the room. Uh, schemes where you try to start with subpar uh, room acoustics and subpar loudspeakers and then fix it in post, you know, fix it in EQ, that will never get you there. So, uh, you know, the work of Floyd Tool at Harman and others, and just my experience doing this now for 40 years, um, we know that accurate loudspeakers are the best way to go. And accurate loudspeakers sound the best in rooms that have a very neutral acoustic. Um, and I, when I say room treatment or room acoustics, I'm not referring to a very dead, overly damped bunch of absorption. Um, in fact, what we like is not that different than like a normal North American living room, you know, and our, an RT time, a reverberation time of about 0.4, uh, even a little bit more than 0.45, even as much as 0.5, which is quite live. Um, and, and that's where you'll get the best performance and the most natural uh, audio playback. But the other thing you get when it's not quite so dead is it just is, it's more natural to be in. You know, if you're just in there having a conversation or you're hanging out with your family, it feels normal and it, and, and you sound like yourself. It doesn't sound like you've entered some other kind of space that, that is unusual and you can just kind of relax and hang out in there. 
And so the way theory and pro speakers are designed is they are designed to be as accurate as possible. They're a transducer after all, right? So an electrical signal comes in the back and we convert it into the acoustic copy of that signal. And we want it to be as close to that uh, signal uh, as possible. And we, we spend a lot of time uh, working to achieve that, including very advanced DSP to get the best possible accuracy out of the product. And that's why when you listen to, you can listen to a small theory system or all the way up to a really big pro system and the timbre and the sound quality and the character of the sound is the same. Um, and so mostly what you get is bandwidth and output capability, but the timbre stays consistent because we're every product from the very smallest one is designed to be as accurate as possible. And so that's the, the kind of the, the, um, the concept that theory systems, the, the theory surround systems anyway, work on is you put them in a room, you tell us where the speakers are and, uh, and we can set up everything for you, the levels, the delays, the base management, do everything to get the surround system to be optimized. And then you're guaranteed a great result. And when you were here, uh, the system that you heard in our in our demo room, that's how that system was set up. And so the dealers love it because they can take a, a, a normal tech, send him out in the field with the product. And in just 20 minutes or so, he can deploy that kind of sound every time uh, because because the system assumes that um, that uh, paradigm, I guess, is the way to say it. Okay, I, you know, I, I do think I have another question for you. And I, I like to ask this question to guys like yourself. Um, what's been your favorite demo content lately? Uh, obviously, Pro Audio uh, Technology, I think, is pretty famous in the market for, like, the loudest, most rocking demos at Cedar. Um, what's been content that you've been really uh, liking over the past several weeks? Yeah, so. Uh... In theory, we in both brands, we, we, we can demonstrate both brands here at our showroom in, in Southern California. And actually, we've doubled the showroom space since you visited. So we're expanding at the moment. But um, we play a mixture of movies and music. Um, and we try to always uh, mix in at least some Atmos music as well. So I don't know how much Atmos music you've had the opportunity to hear. But, um, you know, there's a danger that surround music can get gimmicky, right? Um, but it's not, um, I, what I found is that some of my favorite music, um, when I hear it, if it's really, if it's well done, if it's mixed in Atmos, uh, you can find yourself enjoying the music even more. So we'll show, uh, either movies that have musical content. Uh, so we do greatest showman. There's some great music cuts on, on, on that movie. Um, we also have, a. a an Atmos mix of Kraftwerk live, which is fun because it's electronic music, but it's all around you in an Atmos mix. And then like, for example, upstairs, I think you've probably heard our Ginger Baker drum solo that yes. we used to use. Yeah, we have a Dolby processor up there now, so we have to stick to Dolby content. And so we, we actually end it with a Imagine Dragons concert uh, clip. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we've been doing, but we try to emphasize Atmos as much as possible. We really feel like Atmos is a, is a giant leap forward for, for both movies and music. Okay. My final question, where can 
integrators and homeowners go to learn more about both of your brands? Yeah, so for Theory, uh, it's theoryaudiodesign.com. And there's a extensive overview of both the, the, the concept as well as the products. And for Pro, it's proaudiotechnology.com. Thank you, Paul, and have a great day. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Thank you.